Hello folks, how are you going? And welcome to another dynamic episode of Scatterbrained by Adam Jacobs. That's me. <laughs> I've been using this platform as a chance for me to prepare myself for conversations I'll be having with my lovely darling daughter, who is now officially 18 weeks old. I've got to keep count, I keep... I've got to look at my calendar. She was born then, and then count one, two... Yes, eight weeks, Adam. She's two months. Oh, that's a milestone, I reckon. Three months is the milestone I'm looking forward to because then she will stop being in the womb. Did I tell you about that? Yes, I do subscribe to the theory that there should be a fourth trimester. That's a bit of a contradiction of something, isn't it? How can you have four or three lots or something? Oh, try because it's three months. Ha ha ha! Trimester. Maybe Mester is like Latin for month. Wow, Adam, you really, you've really worked it all out there. How much you made? Anyway, the fourth trimester. Because that's what they say. They say that the human brain evolved to such a size whereby we had to give birth earlier. Otherwise, we wouldn't fit through the, all the parts, all the lady parts on the way out. So we get, we get born earlier... And then we're a lot more vulnerable. We're very vulnerable for the first three months. And we're all over the place too with our cycles. We sleep for four hours and then we want to eat and then we poo whenever we want to poo. And then we do special kind of poos. And then later on we do proper poos. So now she's just starting to realise that, oh, okay, night. When it's night time, I can sleep for a little bit longer if I want to. Only if I want to. <laughs> Anyway, she's uh, she's gorgeous, and I love her very much. And I've you know I've I've stood aside of a lot of other things in life at the moment. I have I've turned the knob back, and I've gone right. No, I want to be at home. I want to be at home with my loves, and that's the thing that I'm talking about today. Because she's going to come to me, and she's going to say, "Dad, Dad, I've got a dream. I've got a dream. I want to chase it." I said, "Look, we all have love. We do." but don't forget the rest of your life. And see, I'm going to give her this piece of advice because I think I'm a bit guilty of that. I have been anyway, but not anymore. And, and I have her to thank me for that. Yeah. And I was talking to, I did a podcast with my friend of mine, Tim, recently. And we do one called Off Topic, where we look at the fringes of what's happening and the big picture issues in the world today. And we sort of try and ask the question, kind of, sort of, what, what's really going on? What else is the contributing factor? Does Donald Trump pack his own bags when he goes on uh, Air Force One? You know, does Malcolm Turnbull have a coffee machine at home? You know, does the Secret Service, the Australian Secret Service know how to still have to do drive-bys of Julia Gillard's place in Antona, Altona, Altona. I'm not good with suburb names, which is a a weird deficiency, isn't that? It's a very weird deficiency there. So, but anyway, Tim and I were talking about, because he's, you know, he's one of those dream pursuer type people. Oh, I've got the dream, I've got the dream, you know. And we all are, essentially. We've all got things that we want to do. 
And I remember referring to him, I said to him, oh, well, I've got lots of distractions in my life at the moment, and for one of them is my little bubs. And then I realised, no, 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 that's not what I feel. I don't feel like they're a distraction, and that's what I'll be telling her. i say, look, love, sometimes you think that all the other things in life, like you've got to go and get a job and you've got to do everything. Hopefully, your job, possibly your job is your dream. And if you follow some of my advice that I gave earlier in the earlier podcasts, then if you stay with something, if you are connected to the world in which your ambition is associated somehow, then you'll find a place for yourself within that world. I honestly believe that. I really honestly do. I'm still doing that. And maybe I am actually there now. And that's the thing that I'm making the point about of the necessaries. It's not about just achieving some fixed one-dimensional objective in life. It's very hard to define what those things are anyway. Like, I want to be a painter. Well, there's a good chance you're going to have to be a marketer and and you're going to have to know a little bit about the internet. You're going to have to be a bit of a photographer as well. You know, like there's lots of other things you're probably going to have to be quite good at, especially today, the way the world is today. And why wouldn't you be? Because I tell you what, if you can be in the control of as much of it as you possibly can, the better it is for you. If you can build your own website, if you can be in the front end of your own social media, whatever platform, which drives me, that drives me crazy. I tell you what, I've stepped back, talking about stepping back from things, I've stepped back from the Facebook Oh, oh my God, for jeeps. And it feels good. Oh, it feels, it does feel good. I will be back doing it again soon, I think, because I'm starting a new comedy room with my mate Terry North. Hey, oh, he's a top plate. Now, it's called Comedy at the Elephant. Elephant and Wheelbarrow in the city, corner of Burke Street and somewhere, Melbourne. So I'll say, look, love, don't try and separate all the different things in your life. For instance, I need you. Not only because my heart just is yours, it's your little finger. Look at your little finger. I'm wrapped around it, sweetheart. Not because only because of that, but because I need you because it makes my life be more life I get more life in life that's it that's what all the things in life are it's all about it's a big picture it's every little thing working together even the things you don't like like getting up early out of bed and driving in the car and stuck in the traffic and having to deal with little minor suggestions hints suspicions of road rage not even Explicit road rage, just a look, just a hairy eyeball, just a dude with a fuzzy eyebrow staring down his rear vision mirror straight at you, thinking, Is he having a go? Is that dude want to go? That's what I'm talking about. It's this tension constantly present, unable to be avoided. Even that small interaction does something to inform your journey 
and makes up the picture of who you are. Now, as far as my little girl's concerned, and that's what I'll tell her, I'll say, I am a more engaged and interesting and responsive person, which helps me in all sorts of parts of life, even the creative things, and which all life is really is the creation. It's all because of you, sweetheart, I'll say, and there is, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't want to, I couldn't imagine going back, there was nothing before you, that's what it feels like, it's not true, there's always something before, that's the nature of the universe and time, you know, there's always process, when I get into it except to say that, unfortunately, due to the Big Bang, the Big Bang happened and started a thing called time, before that we don't even know if time existed, that is weird, when you think about it, that's weird. Started time, and because the universe is constantly seeking balance, that's why it's rejecting itself all the time. It's Everything's moving away from itself. Some things are moving towards other things because they're attracted to each other in different ways, and then other things are moving apart. And the reason why that is because it's seeking correction, because the universe is not perfect, there's instability, in the fun, fundamental instability, which we call quantum quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. So the, con- the universe is constantly seeking correction, and that's why time exists, and that's why we are constantly moving and changing and evolving, because we are committed to process. And that's really all the Big Bang was, was just God with a starting pistol getting matter and, well getting process, this concept known as process, at the starting line and then saying, right, you ready? On your marks, get set, big bang! (laughs) Of course, it could have been God pulling the starter's pistol. Why not? No one can say otherwise. Uh, It may not have been too, of course. Though, mind you, the universe is consciousness, really, when you think about it. It's pure consciousness because it has purpose. It exists with purpose. And that is why we're made in the likeness of it. Because we are conscious. We are aware of the need to to keep going. Which is what the universe is. The fund essentially that's all it is. So I remember pure consciousness. And the, the easiest way to understand that is to try and answer the question, well, prove that it isn't pure consciousness. And that sort of philosophical whatnotting leads you to ask the question, well, what is consciousness? Mm. And that rabbit hole leads all the way to the nearest 7-Eleven where you can buy very cheap coffee and you'll need it because it's going to take you the rest of your life to realise there is no answer to that question and you'll start throwing around notions of, well, I know what self-awareness is and I know it's it. My point is this. I will say to my lovely, darling, sweetie, heart, daughter, Ufa, Daisy, Jacobs, accept all the things in your life as being 
as being really a part of a of your story, a part of your fueling the fire of your response to the universe. Eh? And I'll tell us I look a square in the face and I'll say, sweetheart, if it wasn't for you, I would be a just a shadow of what I am now and I couldn't even think about not loving you with every fibre of my being is what I'll say to her. And in doing so, I must admit, I'll admit I say, in doing so, sweetheart, I get some benefits. I do. I get some benefits. I feel like I belong, sweetheart, I'll say. I feel like I have purpose and meaning. Which does ultimately influence everything other part of your life. You don't, I don't get so road ragey. Not that it ever really was, I suppose. But I don't get those things don't get to me. Because there's more important stuff going on. I don't think, you know, oh, should I do some stand-up comedy? You know, I'm not doing enough of it. I'm still doing it, you know? I'm still doing it. So sh- shut up, Adam. It's like, more, better than that... I am doing it better, doing it better, because, because of my little girl, because of my little girl, and that's a, that's a confusing thing about any sort of pursuit, unless you're climbing Mount Everest, mind you there's a lot, a lot that you need in terms of relying on others to get to the top of Mount Everest, don't you? So it doesn't matter what you're doing. You need all the cogs in the machine to be working really well. And not only is my little girl the cog in my machine, she's the battery, she's the fuel cell, she's the spark. And I I just love her. I just love her. And that's really important. Love is really important. Wherever you can get it from, folks. Hopefully, in the first instance, you get it from yourself. That's not always easy because people are like, how do I love myself? It's not an easy question to answer. Now, a lot of the time, people are like, but that should be easy. That should be the easiest question to answer. Do you love yourself? Yes, I do. I do love myself. Well, some people don't feel like they're worthy of talking about themselves in that way. Now, you can love yourself without, without necessarily understanding yourself. This is another little conversation I'll have with my darling daughter, Aoife Daisy Jacobs. I say loving yourself is not about ego pumping. It's not about making more of you than there actually is. That's not what it's about. And I'll tell her like, I know. Because maybe I do, hey? How about that? Maybe I do know. That's a scary thought. I'll tell her, loving yourself is not about bigging yourself up, getting the bigs on inside your own little lunchbox. Loving yourself is about accepting in the first instance that you are the most interesting person you will ever know. 
That's another thing people struggle with is kind of like, yeah, but what about that guy who won the Nobel Prize? What about that? What about my doctor who did my knee replacement? He knows more than I know. It's not what I'm talking about. It's not about knowledge. It's about confusion. It's about the inability for you to comprehend in any efficient manner. That's what makes something interesting, doesn't it? You look out on top of a mountain at the view. It takes you a moment to take it all in. And I tell you what, you're missing some details. There's a little valleys and rivers and, and groves and, and soaring eagles and all sorts of things that you're not seeing because it's all too much. Because the picture is unable to be conceived easily in the first instance and will take you a lifetime possibly to fully understand it. And that's why Monet kept painting his garden. That's why those lilies were front and centre of everything he did. Because he knew that he was missing something and that his inability to conceive it as a whole was the reason why he pursued the understanding of it. And that's what makes you lovable because you are worthy of the attention that that an explorer is able to give. Be the explorer of yourself and understand and accept that what makes you interesting and, and lovable is the fact that you are really unable to be fully, un, fully understood. That you are incomprehensible. That you will learn something tomorrow that you didn't know today that may possibly change your whole perspective on the world. I'll say to her, this is what I'll say to my little Daisy. I'll say a little leaf of Daisy Jacobs, listen to me, sweethearts. You will never fully understand who you are unless you resign yourself to being, to finishing the, the fight for it to be interesting. Unless you think, right, that's it. No, I don't want to learn anymore. I've had enough. That's a sad day when that happens. But if once you're still the explorer, sweetheart, I'll tell her, as long as you're the explorer, you will always be lovable because you'll always be the unknown to yourself. So I encourage all of you to go and get yourself involved in something that exposes just how little you know about stuff. It's not hard to do. There's lots of things out there. And become a master of that thing. And in the mastery of that thing, realise that you will never completely understand it. Masters don't the word master doesn't mean that the person doesn't keep learning or growing or developing. People don't get to black belt in karate or jiu-jitsu or wherever and then go, right, that's it. I've, now I've gone made it. I don't have to practice anymore. I have to train. I don't have to put myself into competitions or find new challenges to fight against, to spar against anymore. I don't have to do that because I've, I've got the black belt. I've got it. I've got it. There's nothing else that possibly I could learn or know beyond what I understand right now. Well, see, that doesn't happen, does it? No, they keep practicing, they keep challenging themselves, they look outside of their sphere of understanding, try and challenge them, challenge themselves and expose themselves to the unknown because we never can know it all and that's what makes us interesting. That's why we love the babies so much. The babies are so ignorant. 
They are. I'm going to go, oh, I've got to love, I've got to love the baby. Because they don't know. They don't know how much they don't know yet. Which in its own sense is a sort of purity of thought that is very envious. It's not in, not, it hasn't got anything to do with any, anything to do with ego or all that sort of stuff. It's just purely survival. It's almost pure consciousness. Almost pure consciousness. Little babies are the representation of the universe on Earth. That's what I tell her. These these are catchphrases that I am going to print onto T-shirts for my little for Daisy Jacobs to wear around the backyard playing with the dog, throwing the tennis ball, which is pointless because he's a greyhound and they don't retrieve. Don't throw tennis balls for greyhounds. That's another good catchphrase. I'll stick that on a t-shirt. Two, don't throw tennis balls for greyhounds. They won't retrieve. They'll pounce on it like a cat. They will, like a giant cat. And then they'll look at it and they'll chew it. And then they'll turn around and come back to you. And then you'll be like, now I have to walk over there and get the tennis ball for myself. And the greyhound will be like, yeah, mate, that's right, yeah. Well, you know, after all, you are the one who threw it over there. And then you'll go, fair enough, fair enough. So, you know, I just, it's, uh, put the other people in your life. Learn something you knew. Understand that you have to make, make the picture uh, rich with with facts and confusions and other people other people really really important and I feel that more now at 45 than I have ever done and I have my lovely Eva Daisy Jacobs who has changed my life forever to thank and she slept very well last night and I think that's all I really wanted to say Thank you very much for listening. My name's Adam Jacobs and there will be a comedy room again starting featuring me and Terry North. The Elephant and Wheelbarrow. first one's going to be on September the 13th, 2018. It is Melbourne CBD on Burke Street. See you there. Bye.